0: to better business building, where I'm your host, Adam Manderovich, where I talk to business leaders from all shapes of life about what's worked for them and how they can help you win. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on today, Travis. Welcome.
1: Yeah, dude. Thanks for having me. happy to be here.
0: Excellent. Excellent. So you're going to have to tell me before I switch to you, how did you get from being the door-to-door guy to the guy that's built a podcast empire? Tell me more about what you do.
1: Yeah, man. That's a, I mean, that's a it's a long story. Uh, but essentially what it was is I grew up really religious. Um, I was going to go into ministry, figured out right before I graduated college with a degree in Bible and church ministries, I didn't want to be in ministry. And I don't know if you ever tried to get a job with a Bible degree, but it's not like the thing that people are looking for when they're trying to hire people. And so uh, it was, it was essentially useless and it didn't help that it was unaccredited. So it was like a Bible degree and it was unaccredited. So it was basically, it was worth as much as the paper was printed on. And, uh, so at that point I was like, well, uh, I had gotten married before I graduated college. So I had a wife and, um, I bought a house about six months after I graduated college. So I had a mortgage, I had bills. Like I couldn't just go sleep on my mom's couch till I figured it out. So the only thing that I knew how to do at the time was door-to-door sales. Cause that's what I did. Um, in college to make extra money and stuff like that when I was going to school. And I, you know, did pretty well with it, just working part-time. So I was like, well, you know, if I do this full-time, maybe I can make six figures. So I set my goal to make six-figure income door-to-door sales. And my first year doing it full time, I had six figures at, you know, 22 knock-in door-to-door selling alarm systems. And when I got to the end of the year, I basically just had this kind of realization that I didn't want to be 32 year old Travis and yeah. still knocking doors, not to, you know, bash anybody that knocks doors. Cause I know a lot of, gra- a lot of people that make great money doing that still. It just wasn't for me. I didn't want to be doing it that long. Yeah. And so now at that point, I not using the degree that I got and I don't want to do the thing that I'm good at anymore. So I was like, well, Whoa, what, like, what do I do? Like, well, you know, I, I don't know what to do at this point. It was really kind of like a back against the wall type of moment where I had no idea what I was doing. I was looking at so many different career path options at that point, felt like a 15 year old, like doing the work of a 15 year old in school. Um, but I was 23 and had a wife and a mortgage. So after a little bit, uh, the, the, it was the first time in my life ever, I dove into personal development. Cause I just, like I said, I didn't know where to, I didn't know where else to go, where else to turn and, uh, came across podcasts because I was never, I never enjoyed reading that much. Um, and I did force myself to read a few books and listen to some audiobooks, but I liked the podcasting format a lot. So I just started listening to a ton of podcasts and after a while I was like, Hey, maybe I should start one of these. It seems kind of cool. And, you know, it seems to check all my boxes. Like I want something that can provide me true freedom. And I define true freedom as like time, freedom, financial freedom, and location freedom, being able to do what I want, when I want with who I want. And uh, so I figure, like podcasts you can do that from anywhere, you know what I mean? And you can uh, have the financial freedom, you can have the time freedom, you can have the location freedom. So let's go on, let's go try this thing out. Um, no idea how to build a business, no idea how it was going to flesh itself out over the next few years, but essentially what, ha- what ended up happening is that led me uh, to doing podcast coaching and consulting because a lot of entrepreneurs started listening to my show and wanted to know how I built a successful podcast. After after a little while, I had gained some good traction and got on some good guests. And and so people started asking me how I did it. So I leaned into that a little bit, did podcast coaching, consulting, course cre- uh, creation, community building, stuff like that. And then- Through all of that figured out that there was a recurring problem for all of the people that were working with which is they didn't know how to get good guests and they didn't know how to land themselves on good shows which is one of the primary growth drivers for podcasts. So that's when we got to work on Guestio, the software the software company now that, that, uh, that we started building about a year and a half ago. Um, and then about three, four months ago, we launched an agency on the back end of the software where we do everything for you instead of you getting in the software and using it yourself. So now we have the software and we have the done for you agency. I have my existing podcast, Build Your Network. My wife and producer and I started a new show called Figuring It Out. And we're launching one or two new shows here in the next three months or so. Um, And yeah, yeah, that's a kind of a quick, you know, catch up on uh, where I was and where I am now.
0: Yep. Do you think, so obviously you've come from doing door-to-door sales in solar alarms and water purification. Is there one of those that gave you more skills to do what you're doing now that was more transferable than the other? Or do you think it's being able to pitch right at the start to be captivating, to be able to draw them in? Because I've done it myself too. Um, that, that's another oh, cool. story it's a pretty funny but um yeah
1: <laughs> you, well, you, fight you, over the,
0: you fight over the, um it was maison du frontier like it was uh, yeah like uh money towards international doctors oh really like charitable trusts yeah so that you get a hundred and hundred and ten dollars from every sign up okay and, um nice. yes yeah. so if you do 10 a day nice.
1: yeah <laughs> Nice. Okay. So you're familiar with it then? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I wouldn't say that, I wouldn't say that there was uh, like a particular product that I sold that made mm-hmm. it better or worse. I would just say it's just the experience of all of them combined over time mm-hmm. and learning from each of them. Cause they were all kind of like different sales, like solar and water were similar. And the mm-hmm. fact that we usually wouldn't, we wouldn't like knock and close on the same, yeah. you know, point of contact, whereas alarms, it was knock mm-hmm. close, yeah. um, within, you know, a half hour or something like that, signing a two to five-year contract with the people um, mm-hmm. and getting equipment installed like the same day. So there, there were like different skill sets you had to refine for each of them, but it was ultimately just the, the skill of, you know, sales over the course of all, all of the things that I sold during that time mm-hmm. period.
0: Interesting. So that obviously led you to doing the uh, pod, uh, podcast Profit Academy um, and mm-hmm. also your private coaching for the 10K a month one how did you get there? Like you, you just woke up and just said, okay, well, I'm going to do these things. And this is like, ha- like you start getting traction, obviously with do- in the doing first, then realize, okay, well, yep. it is as easy as asking the right questions to the best people. And then you're like, now people are asking me how I did it, etc.
1: Yep. 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 That's basically what happened. Yeah. Is that the show finally started gaining a little bit of traction and, uh and then that was the thing that people wanted to know from me was how did you build this podcast? You know, I'm an entrepreneur. I have this seven figure, eight figure, nine figure mm-hmm. business, but I've never created content before, and I know that I need to be doing that. So, can you help me figure it out? Essentially, and so, mm-hmm. you know, like my first ever coaching client was like fifteen hundred bucks, one on one coaching uh, for like two months, mm-hmm. and then when I stopped taking one on one coaching clients, it was fifteen thousand dollars for like the yeah. same coaching thing. Yeah. So, it just like kept growing and growing on its own. Um, I would just do record podcast episodes, have a call to action on the podcast. Like, Hey, if you thought about starting your own podcast, go to trapchapelcom slash coaching. And, uh, you know, we'll jump on a call, see if we could be a good fit. And that was essentially like the building blocks of the business at first. Uh, mm-hmm. and then, and then after, after making some real money, like with higher ticket coaching like that we're able to take that knowledge, put it into a course and then sell the course. So like we built the program over time after working through my own stuff and then working with a bunch of, you know, dozens of one-on-one clients. Um, We kind of built the process and the system and the curriculum. And then after we did that for a long time, working one-on-one with people, we took all that, turned it into a course and started selling the course.
0: Do do you still find, just a slight segue on that, um, do you still find that Perhaps when you do the one on one coaching, they might have a better result with you f- physically with them as opposed to doing the course through a virtual setting or not really. Totally.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. One on one coaching is always better yeah. than a course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the course was a thousand bucks and one on one coaching yeah, yeah, was 15,000 yeah, yeah. bucks. So, yeah. 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 Just like one on one is definitely, definitely better. Yeah. It's always yeah. better.
0: Yeah. Awesome. So you've been quoted as saying like failure is success tax on basically every time I've heard you speak. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it tells you how much experience i have with failure
0: (laughs) exactly so that leads me to my next question travis is um tell me the biggest part of all of these things that you learned like what's the biggest thing you learned on that journey or it could be multiple things just just maybe walk me through that
1: uh yeah one of the biggest things would be i don't know who said this first i I hear from gary v a lot i don't know who like if somebody came up with it or if he credits anybody for it but uh, people tend to overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in 10 years. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I found to be completely true because, because most of the time, the first thing that you do is not going to work. Mm-hmm. But but if you're not fully committed to the process and making it work long-term, you're probably not going to ever make it work yeah. because you're going to give up too quickly. You, you like your your pain tolerance is too low. Your will to win is for sale too early, and you give up and move on to something different and then call it a scam. You know, I I, I just, for me, it was always a matter of when, not a matter of if. And mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people take action based on a matter of if. You know, like if this happens to take off, if I put a little bit of work into this and it happens to go really well, then I'll I'll do this or then I'll quit my job or whatever you know the case may be and. For me, it was always like, uh, I'm going to do this until it happens. Mm-hmm. So if it takes me one year, mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. If it takes me 15 years, fine. But my goal is my goal no matter what. And it's not going to deter me at any point. Because what, what happens a lot of times, man, is like pe- there, people don't realize, like, when you, when you, when you look at, a, you know, those, these hockey stick growth curves that, uh, that you see, they They can be applied to your personal growth and your ability to create abundance for yourself and for your family. Mm-hmm. The problem is most people can't make it to the inflection point yeah because it's too it's too long of a flat line right like this 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 line that I'm drawing if you're not listening on audio I'm yeah. drawing which' like almost like a completely horizontal line it is barely going up it's very very um incremental progress mm-hmm. and I'm only drawing a line for like six inches here, but this six inches could represent seven years yeah. of beating your head against the wall, learning how to sell, learning how to market, uh, uh, learning a new uh, yeah. skill set, learning, yeah. you know, uh, or connecting with better people, or putting yourself in mastermind groups, investing into yourself to the tune of tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars. like this this little like teeny, tiny uptick here, Like that can be a seven, eight, nine year period sometimes, but you hit that inflection point. And then in the next year, you can make more money than you made in the previous nine years combined. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, because that's the power of the compound knowledge and relationships and connections Mm -hmm. over a long period of time. At some point, if you stay in it and you're willing to commit to the long-term goal, at some point, you're gonna hit that inflection point and like your growth is gonna be tremendous. is that most people can't survive during that that slow progression period because it's extremely painful. I was liken it to playing the guitar. Like when I first started playing the guitar, I was like, man, maybe I'm just not meant to play the guitar because it's like this is a hard, this is really hard. You know, you put your fingers on the fret and try to play a single chord and it's like buzzing and just like doesn't sound good at all. Your fingers on the wrong string. And then like after like 45 minutes of trying to play like two chords, your fingers are like throbbing because the metal acoustic strings are just like digging themselves into the, into your fingertips and it sucks. And like, it's not fun at all to practice and you sound terrible and it doesn't seem like it's worth continuing to play. Then what happens after like three or four months of practicing like that, you end up building calluses on the thing mm-hmm. on, on your fingertips. And all of a sudden, like it's easier to press the strings down and you learned how to switch between three or four chords. And now you can play a whole song like all the way through with the three or four chords that you know how to switch between and your fingers are moving things and your, and your reflexes are taking over and you've learned new skills and you've actually built real calluses over time. And, and then from that point on, it becomes a lot more fun to learn. Mm. Um, it is still, it's not like, it's easy at that point, but at least like it, it sounds okay. Like you're not embarrassed to play a single chord, right? Mm. It's just, the problem is most people won't build the calluses. Yeah. They quit after two times of playing They quit after a week and a half because it sucks. It doesn't sound good. And people are making fun of them. You know what I mean? You got to stick in it till the calluses are built. And, and I think that's gotta be the number one, my, my, like my number one takeaway and my number one piece of advice for people that are just getting started, because it's probably going to take more than you think it's going to take. It's probably going to take longer than you think it's going to take. It's probably going to cost you more money than you think it's going to cost you like But if you're fully committed to reaching the goal, then none of that matters Mm. because you have your, 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 your target set on, on, on the, the, the far distance and no matter what it takes to get you there, you're going to get there eventually. So do you, do you think two parts
0: of that? Do you think that one of the, one of the biggest things that I would say to that would be, do you think that is because they get caught up on the thing being the thing, not, the, not what the thing could be from what the market tells them. So, cause they're not, that, they might be so fixed on, no, it has to be this, but they go out and it's like, well, hang on, it could, could be that. Totally. And that could be so successful, but they're just like, nah. So. Totally. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it could be a number of different things. And that's definitely one of them. Like people, people tend to think their idea is really good um, at the end of the day it's what is the market willing to pay for. Mm. It's not how good do you think your idea is, is, and it's not good by the way, just to go get people to say, yeah, I would do that. Like get people to vote with their wallet and mm. then you'll be able to see how good your idea is. Yeah. If people are voting with their wallet and telling you that it's good because they're actually paying you to solve their problem, then that's when you know that you've, you've found a vein of gold and you should keep mining there. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, that, other, could, that could easily be one of those things. People don't yeah. pivot often enough. They're, they're too married to the original idea. And when that original idea doesn't work, they quit.
0: Yeah. But then the other component of that is because they can't fully commit to what they're trying to do. They can't actually operate from flow state or source or with God to say, yeah. if I do this and I put all in on this, this is what's going to happen. And I'm going to magnetize that result because they're not, they're probably, they only might be only operating at a smaller percentage, but expecting the miracle to happen. So
1: Yeah. and Well, cause I, I think, I think that people conflate the target. Like they, they conflate the goal of like this particular business with their life goals. Like when I say that I know I'm going to reach this goal, it's not uh, just a financial goal that I'm talking about. It's not just like revenue for my current business model that I'm talking about. It's not just audience members for my podcast that I'm talking about. When I say that like, I'm reaching this goal It's a broader vision that I have for my life, which like, which, which goes into my core. It's, it's my why it's the reason that I get up and work and build towards something every day. And when when you have a clear vision of where you want to end up in life, then, Mm -hmm. then that's when that's when you can pivot in a business. And not be married to a certain idea because I'm looking at, I'm looking at this result over here. Like, yeah. I don't care if it's this business that gets me there, or this business that gets me there, or this business that gets me there, or this podcast or that podcast, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. Because the main goal is not just to have a business. The main goal is financial freedom. The main goal is spending time with my family. The main goal is creating legacy and building, uh, building something greater than me and, and, and just my existence. Like the goal is helping a much larger amount of people. Like the, when you, you have these like broader visions of what your life is meant to be by the end of it, that's what allows you to get in, go all in on something. And then when it's not working, pivot a little bit. Change it up a little bit, yeah. move up, move to a different perspective. Find that vein of gold that you can mine in on. Uh, but if you if you're if you're so focused on like, well, I gotta hit hundred k a month in this business, or it's a failure. It's like sometimes you gotta take an idea behind the barn and shoot it, like Kevin O'Leary always says on Shark mm-hmm. Tank. Yeah, you know, and and move on to the next thing, and that's okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just if if you have the goal. Uh, now most people I think don't have that problem. I think most people have the problem of giving up too early. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I think, uh, I think it's a small percentage of people who are in it for too long. I think most people just give up too early because they didn't get enough early traction or something like that. Mm-hmm. So usually I think it's the opposite problem, but yeah, if you, if you like pivoting and, and turning into different directions so that you can realign yourself with your goal, your vision and where you're headed as a, as an organization that should be happening as well. Yeah. Do you think that that is also because
0: they're tied to, maybe they don't also have the vision of, say for example, I I want this show to be about you, but I'm going to quickly just segue to explain why I think this way. So in 2015, 16, 17, I thought of making a financial platform to basically commercialise every product as as a tax deduction device for everybody all over the planet through certain tax codes. Now, venture capital said it was too advanced. So then I basically canned it but the mm. selling system is now what I'm talking about in all my closed-circuit selling stuff. But I didn't recognize that until I started showing other people. And it's like, so the, the doing of how I would have commercialized that is now what I'm having success with. But I was too tied to going. no, no, it needs to be a financial platform for everybody. But I just took mm. it. Like how, how you would go to market was the thing. Not the thing was not the thing. So sure, I, sure. Yeah.
1: Do you think that... Yeah, uh, th- like, I think that happens a lot of there I mean there's so many examples I think I feel like it was maybe Slack that was that there there's there's a massive like multi decabillion billion dollar company that started off as something, something. I, I want to yeah. say it was slack that yeah. that they, they they started off with a completely different totally different thing mm. but they didn't find any good communication software for their team so they built an internal communication <laughs> software and which eventually bad. ended up becoming the product that is now like a 40 billion dollar company yeah, yeah. Um, you'd have to fact check me on that but I'm almost positive it was slack uh, but that happens all the time that happened with, with my software company guestio like the original yeah. version that we built was we want to help show hosts book dream guests that mm. was it. But after a year of testing, we figured out that there was a better market for guests that wanted to book themselves onto shows so that they could promote mm-hmm. a book launch or a, a, yeah. a offer or a new product launch or a, their their SaaS company or whatever it was. And that turned out to be a much larger market and happens to be a market that has more money to spend because they all have money for promoting the things that they're working on. Mm-hmm. So we pivoted to the complete opposite side of what we originally thought it was going to be. But it was just because we followed what people were voting with, which is their wallets. When people are willing to pay you for it, you know, that was how, what we decided. It was like, we were working on like, we, we were working on getting money in for these other things for like six, eight months. Mm. And then we like examined the data and it was like, oh, the people that are willingly paying us without me even having like to have jumped on a sales call with them, they're all doing it for the opposite side. So maybe we should just like, Lean into that instead of trying to resist it and keep building this other side because that was the original you know, vision. Yeah. You gotta be willing to adapt and change and move where the market needs are. Because ultimately your product or service, really when it comes down to it, unless you have expert level sales and marketing, your product or service is really, the, the success of your product or service is dependent on the market that you're serving and the offer that you create to that market. Those are the two most paramount things. After that is persuasion, marketing, sales, all those other things. But if you have a really strong starving market and a really great offer or product or service that solves the problem of a starving market, then it's going to fly off the shelves.
0: Do you think, so digging into that a little bit more, do you think that some of those failures or the people that fail with being so fixated on the thing are the ones that obviously don't recognize the pivots that are right in front of their eyes, or they're not willing to admit that that's what is true.
1: Yeah. Or they're not, they're not willing to examine the data or Mm. they're uh, you know, there's so many reasons why I think people just stay blind to it. Uh, you know, sometimes it's just flat out, they run out of resources. They, Mm -hmm. they ran out, they, they had this original idea in mind and they maybe raised some money or they had a hundred grand to make it work. And by the time they figure out that it's not that they don't have any money left and they feel like they can't go sell to bootstrap from that point moving forward. So they just Mm -hmm. go do something different again. Um, You know, there's, there's so many reasons, but I think one, I think one thing is we, we tend, we tend to try to prove the idea more because it is kind of a, it's kind of a, a dip on your ego a little bit mm-hmm. in, that when, when you have to admit that you were wrong and that you are doing something different now, but you know, are you more worried about your ego or are you more worried about the success of your company?
0: Yeah. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, I, like,
1: to me, it was, that was always a dumb reason in my, in my mind. It was like, well, why, why wouldn't I be willing to adapt and move in a different direction if that means success of my company or not success of my company? Yeah. Um, I think I think just a lot of people don't have any system to examine data. So they mm-hmm. don't have any idea that that's true um, or they're turning a blind eye to it on purpose because their confirmation bias is yeah. uh, getting them to only look at the evidence that their original idea is correct. And it's getting them to ignore the evidence that, maybe they should move in a different direction. You know, there, there's there's several possibilities. Just don't let yourself end up being one of those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's
0: almost like they've, they've trapped themselves in their own cognitive dissonance. And um, yeah. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess what, given all of the wealth of stuff that you've done, who do you think that you can help the most with what you're doing now?
1: Our, uh, our main market is entrepreneurs who want to get known. So anybody that's built a business already, uh, they're in the middle of building a business. They're doing seven figures, eight figures, nine figures in revenue or in company net worth. We like to take them and help them with their content and platform marketing strategy. So our, our agency does show tours. We get people booked on, on podcasts, YouTube channels, or newsletters or blogs or whatever, uh, to help them promote their products or services and then we also have a content division where we, you know, take up raw video and audio files, and we turn it into a podcast. We turn it into Facebook, Instagram reels, um, TikTok videos, YouTube shorts—you name it. Uh, we we have the content division. We have the tour division, and then our software is kind of a do-it-yourself version of what our agency does.
0: Mm-hmm. Given this, the the great successes that you have had, have this might seem like a, a yeah, well, strange question, but have B2B companies not pro- approached you to ask for also that help like as an inbound funnel yourself
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um okay. yeah we, we 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 yeah we work with a few or with a couple okay. B2B companies yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah 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 all right well do you have any tips for people that wanted to start out or is it all no just work with Travis and then you'll win no just, <laughs> do you have any tips well that's true winning? yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
1: Our, our, our agency, like essentially if if you have money to spend, our agency starts around 15 grand to work with us in the agency side. So if you have money to spend and you don't want to do any of the work, you want my team to do everything then done for you. Agency is probably the way to go, which you can just go to guestio.com slash apply to apply, Mm -hmm. to be in that program. And then if you, uh, if you either don't have the money to spend on the agency, or maybe you just have other priorities at the moment. The software can be a really great place to start. It's only 97 bucks a month and you can get in there and pitch yourself to 50 potential shows every month for, okay. for a podcast, you know, bookings or appearances. You can also pitch, you can use your 50 pitches to book guests as well. So if you have a podcast, use 25 of them to pitch guests, use 25 of them to pitch shows. You can do that for 97 bucks.
0: Amazing. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time today. If people have absolutely loved what you've said, Travis, how, what's the best place to contact you?
1: Yeah, probably just uh C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L, Uh It's kind of like a hub. So you can go there, mm-hmm. see all my social channels, you know, my emails on there, podcasts are on there, everything's over there. So, um, and Guestio, there's a link to Guestio over there too. So travischapel.com is kind of like the main hub and you can kind of go wherever you want to go from there. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time on Better Business Building today, Travis. Appreciate it, Adam. Thanks so much for having me, man. This is fun. Thanks
0: for listening. If you, like me, have received great value from my guest, please like, share and follow. See you next time.